Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. Man, there was a bear bear, all black and brown and covered in hair. Hi, I'm Lot, or Lady of Tarth. I'm joined with Guile. Hey, I'm Guile, and you can find me at Door Podcast on Twitter. And Devin. Hey, this is Devin GD Harpo on Twitter. Thanks for joining us in our reading of A Clash of Kings, Aria 6. Um, and, I mean, this one, folks, is a doozy of a chapter. So, like, serious heads up warning. There is a lot of stuff that could be potentially um, alarming and uh, traumatic in this chapter. So trigger warnings for rape, violence, torture, um, all of that stuff. And man, what a fun, fun chapter to come back to. I've been on a little bit of a hiatus. I mean, just so. a delight. <laughs> it's like <laughs> reading this, I'm like, why the, why, why am I doing this to myself? <laughs> <laughs> Good to be back. Anyway. Okay, so as mentioned, it is a dark chapter. Arya is um, living in terror pretty much every day um, of the mountain and his uh, indiscriminate choosing um, of torture victims. You know, it doesn't matter. It's elderly, women, children, does not matter. Um, There's a man named the Tickler who is torturing these people to death as they are searching for hidden gold, silver, jewels and um, info about Beric Dondarrion and uh, his whereabouts and his men and you know uh, poor Arya she's like really down on herself in this chapter because she's so helpless and all she can do is just watch it happen you know she's witnessing death and violence and cruelty daily unable to do a thing about it and, and it's uh, just so, you know, they're not getting any information either. You know, they're getting like constant, um, like contradictory information every time they're doing this to people. So there's no, I mean, it's just for the, it's just for the tear of it at this point. So it's just awful. Yeah. I mean, they're getting, I think what they're getting out of it is, well, he's a sadist, right? And the mountain is a sadist. Yeah. And obviously this tickler guy is a sociopath. So... Yeah, not fun dudes to be to be uh, be around. Um, anyway, it's truly awful. Their march is equally as brutal to Harrenhal. Um, there's nightly raping of women, and the weak are killed en route. Those that can't keep up, um, and they're they're all starving. And like I said, it's mostly women and children and old men. And um, of note, um, during this time where they're marching to Harrenhal, Arya is also forced to reveal that she is not a boy um, because she has to pee. And uh, I think it's, uh, was it Hot Pie that sees her in real life? Yeah. 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 So that cat's out of the bag. Um, the small folk keep telling each other, you know, that once we'll get to Harrenhal, it's, it's going to get better. But Arya thinks not not so sure about that remembering tales of old nan and what she would um tell them about heron hall and how like things like um the bricks are mortared with human blood and i mean the castle itself is 
huge. It looks gnarled and melted, like melted stone. It's just like a dark, scary looking place. And, you know, when they get to the gates, there's this part where like Hot Pie is like, he just does not want to go into the place. And he's like, it's haunted. It's full of ghosts. It's, um, yeah. When, when they do get there, um, the group are appraised like donkeys and, um, Arya is uh, these women who are doing the appraising. Um, she tells them that her name is Weasel, and she's selected for kitchen duty um, initially. But then she asks if she could instead help with the horses, and then she's like immediately slapped so hard that like her already busted lip breaks open and bleeds again. And then she's reassigned to a man named Weeze. I think that's how you say it. <laughs> An under uh, Stuart. Um, so it's like Arya and these five others go to meet their new boss, Weez, who tells them that um, they must never look highborn in the eye. He also tells them that he can sniff out disobedience, pride, and defiance. He only wants to smell one thing on them, and that is fear. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the so, chapter yeah. in a nutshell. Like, <laughs> It's like short but awful, yeah. And you know... Like, we find out, too, that Gendry, um, you know, Gendry's kind of spared some of this because, like, even, you know, because of his value as a smith. Like, they yeah. found out he made that helm. So, like, he kind of has a bit of a protection. It's almost like Hot Pie must, like, you know, they, they know Hot Pie is the baker's boy. So I think having, like, an occupation kind of helps him, too, in a way. Yeah, Whereas if you're not going to be fighting. Yeah, and... You know, Arya makes that mistake by not just agreeing to go into the kitchen. And they're like, you know, hey, dumbass, you could have gone to the kitchen where it's warm and there's food. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she she doesn't, you know, she's not thinking like that. She's just like, well, you know, she's thinking if I'm near horses, maybe I could do like escape. And so she's still, you know, as much as she, you know, as you talked about her being down on herself and stuff, like there's still that, you know, she's still trying to survive and she hasn't completely completely given up yet just you know by the fact that she's thinking about escaping and then you know like there is another part in there too where she's talking about like if she asks for um extra food like there is one of the guards that would give it to them and the others were assholes like she you know again she's down on herself but then she's also like you can see her observing and making those like getting that knowledge about people that will serve her you know very well in her future too yeah yeah because oh sorry go ahead Devin. oh well i was just gonna say that the way she does uh to the point about observing she's paying attention to all the men learning um all i guess all their kind of tendencies and the nicer ones and that kind of thing um so she's just being really taking in all of her surroundings learning what she can and can't do with certain ones of them which is just really smart on her part um because it is she is very down um but she still has that quality about her because she talks about um what's the use of being brave kind of um because i think there was one woman tried to be brave and they ended up killing her anyway um so you have she kind of goes back between the two where she is down but she still has these moments like that um which i really like because it'd be tough if she was just down the entire chapter yeah, it's that fire. She still has it. Like you, like she's uh, reciting, you know, her list of enemies in her mind, and you know, it just yeah, it does give you a little bit of hope for Arya. Like it would, it would have been way worse if she was just so sad this whole time. Like just 
Don't mind that. You well, know, anger you know, can be productive. Anger can be productive, and she's thinking a ways out. And at this point, she has. She's not like disassociated. Like she, you know, like she clearly starts too late, or like she's still very much her. You know, she's still herself. She's still, well, I mean, as much of herself as she can reveal. Um, but yeah, she's she's a tough one, man. Like she's a tough kid. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's and not, also like, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, yeah, it's not like, I don't, I, not like a whole lot you can say about this chapter. It's like, I think it was put here just to show you how shitty the situation is that she's in and to introduce you to Heron Hall, right? Yeah. And I think to, you know, it reminds you on a reread that, oh, you know, I don't really feel too bad for these guys getting killed later. <laughs> they had it coming. <laughs> okay. I guess, um, is there any other thoughts? Um, well, we have mail. Okay. So, yes. Um, so, Ancient Octagon on Reddit asks, do you think the curse of Heron Hall will come for Bonifer Hasty, who is currently holding it? Only a name, I think, for Littlefinger, maybe? Yeah. I mean, I think the curse might come for Littlefinger. I don't think Bonifer Hasty. I mean, I feel like that's like the renter getting the, you know, the curse for the landlord. Yeah, that's kind of the I thought I had. Hmm. I hope, well, yeah. I hope it comes for Littlefinger. That's what I, that's what I want to happen. Yeah. <laughs> that would be amazing if we ever got to actually read that. Maybe he'll <laughs> yeah. get killed by a bat. Isn't that <laughs> Mad Danielle's sigil? Mm-hmm. That would be like pretty awesome. Um, you know, and he's getting all that fruit, so there might be bats around. <laughs> this just writes itself. <laughs> right. All right. Um, this so, might be like our. Oh, and actually, if he got rabies, that'd be interesting too. You know, like the whole wolf dog rabies thing. Like this could all work together. <laughs> Well, time to go write it, because <laughs> we'll, we'll never read it. Oh, my goodness. Right, never. exactly. This uh, could, yeah, was that it? <laughs> oh, no, there's a couple more. Um, Buck O'Hare on Discord um, asks, what do you make of the origin of Arya's list? And also, what do you make of the small folks' vision of good King Ares? Which oh, yeah. was kind of shocking. That was, that was an interesting little bit. The fact that there was people talking about Aries in the positive. Um, I think it's kind of just a, a sign of when things are going to shit because of somebody else being in charge. You tend to look back at the former with rosier um, tinted glasses, I think. Well, and Aries would have, I don't know offhand how old Aries was when he came to the throne, but, you know, just given Tywin's age when he was hand, and they, I think they were kind of contemporaries. Or somewhat contemporary. I mean, Ares was, and just, you know, I think Jaharis would have died fairly young. Um, you know, Ares, yeah, because like Rhaegar was an infant at Summerhall, so you can assume Ares was probably like in his early 20s tops when he became king. Mm. So, I mean, and there would have been like a lot of stability after that point. So, I mean, there was probably at least like 20, 25 years of. You know, like stability and relative prosperity and it seems like 
you know, there was there hadn't been a really horrible winter. Um, I think Tyrion was born in a short winter, maybe. But other than that, you know, so times were probably pretty good until like the very end of April. And there was like the dusk, you know, until like Duskendale, at least things were probably somewhat okay. And the small folk don't know that he was going to kill all of them. So there's that, too. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. I mean, that, you know. And it probably it didn't last that long either, right? Like this, I mean, this feels like it's, like I said, it's like it's happening to them now. Like this is pure misery. Yeah. So you just. Although it is kind of funny that Robert, you know, it's like they, you'd think that they'd be playing, blaming Joffrey, I guess, for. You know, kind of starting it by killing Ned instead of Robert, but I guess maybe it's also I, actually duh. They would never. I mean, they're like literally seeing Joffrey's army. They're not going to say a word against him. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's still it's still slightly ballsy, I guess. Robert officially being, you know, his dad, but huh. yeah, they're kind of spitting on them all, though, right? And I think in this chapter, yeah, where they're just like I just hate them all. They all suck, and I'm kind of with them on this. This is also unnecessary. Yeah, not wrong. <laughs> Yeah, it's all like their <laughs> fault. It really is. Like, and you're powerless. You're absolutely powerless to do yeah. anything about it. Power and to the, the people. Arya question. I mean, I don't. You know, I guess in terms of the origin of it, I think. I mean, there's. I think there's some ways that I think people. You know, people want to survive as like a testament to what happened. Like, I think. I mean, obviously not a a genuine comparison, but, you know, you think of like Holocaust survivors and how, you know, I think a lot of them had like an attempt to remember the names of the people that were killed to like be a testament to what happened to, you know, to make that known. And I mean, she's obviously not remembering names of victims of them, but she is like forcing herself to forcing herself to remember and kind of be in that moment of what's happening to her and, you know, not, it's a way to be defiant almost, I mm-hmm. think too. Like okay. I have to take this cause I don't have any other choice, but I also am going to not forget what happened. And if it's ever in my power to you know do something about it. Right. Yeah. Like I said, it's, it's all she can do. It's anger and like anger can be productive and she's being productive with yeah. it. And it's kind of, given her something to hold on to and it's hopeful yeah. in a weird way that she's thinking like this because she's thinking that there will be a time when I can do something about it uh, yeah that's our yeah. like that's pretty fierce yeah and just to yeah. our point about her being down on herself but still being true to her core like who she is and they like this really shows that yes good questions <clears throat> All right, so our last one, and this one is long. This is in response to our um, original outline episode. So, Mary Claire on G- uh, from Gmail, uh, ladies and Devin, I really enjoyed your episode on GRM's original outline. I will hazard a guess about what happened to the John Arya Tyrion love triangle. Um, I think it evolved into the Jamie Cersei Tyrion relationship. The incestuous brother-sister relationship is still there. It's less affectionate and more dysfunctional, which is appropriate for something as inappropriate as incestuous brother-sister relationship. Perhaps George realized that watching a fucked-up brother-sister pair fall apart would be more appealing to readers than watching two sympathetic brother-sister characters fall in love with each other. 
Jamie and John are both sworn to celibacy, so that so that's another element that was preserved from the original idea. Tyrion makes a joke to Cersei fairly early in the series, A Clash of Kings, I think, about the unfairness of her opening her legs to one brother and not the other. In dance, he repeatedly uh, articulates a desire to, to rape his sister. It seems to me that the original love triangle morphed into a more emotionally and physically violent sex, uh, violent sex triangle. As in the initial outline, Tyrion's passion is unreciprocated. Well, Cersei certainly reciprocates his intense malevolence, but isn't tempted to try to manip- manipulate him through sex. And and when Jaime confesses his lie about Tasha to Tyrion, their relationship becomes a deadly rivalry. One of the things I will miss most in the Unfinished series is that I won't know GRM's resolution of the tyrion Jamie conflict. It's too grave an injury for Tyrion to just forgive and forget, despite the brothers' love for each other, yet they don't hate each other either. I think Brienne, as Jamie's love interest, will play a role in this conflict, or would if GRM gets that far. If the love triangle did morph into the... Tripartite-Lannister sibling dynamic and King Jaime splits into twins, then perhaps Brienne is more important to the story than even the JB fandom like to think. Because by connecting her so closely to Jaime and Catelyn, GRM has added her to at least three core threads of his original tapestry. She may, in fact, have an outsized role to play in the rest of the series. The three books were to be the Lannister-Stark conflict, Daenerys' conquest, and the fight against the others. Brienne is both a Lannister and a Stark. Tarth has unknown but recent ties to the Targaryens, according to A World of Ice and Fire. Brienne bears Valyrian steel, crucial against the others. She may not have been a glimmer in GRM's imagination when he wrote this outline, but in hindsight, Brienne is there. Greyjoy, Martell, Tyrell are completely absent. Baratheon and Aaron are only there to light the spark that sets off the epic. Dang it. Now I'm much more unhappy about the prospect of not getting the last book than I was when I started writing this email. <laughs> Being a fan was easier back when I thought Brienne had died screaming in a feast for crows. Oh. God, it's like- I mean, I think the idea of the morphing of the love triangle is like absolutely brilliant, by the way. Yes. Um, that's like genius to me because I you know, I, you know, in the, the episode where we talk, you know, in the episode where Asha and Theon meet, we talk about how they're, you know, the, he writes them with a chemistry that he also writes Tyrion and Cersei with. Like Tyrion and Cersei on the page have a ton of chemistry, and I mean, while this triangle kind of focuses on like Tyrion's like sexual like anger, but I mean. There's also, you know, Cersei rejects him and she's, you know, she's like potentially would have been a mother figure. You know, she's nine years older than him. And, you know, he's, you know, an, you know, he's the motherless infant. And, you know, she rejects him immediately in that aspect and then rejects, you know, rejects him sexually, which I'm sorry, GRM. It's so gross that we have to talk about sisters rejecting their brothers sexually. But it's almost more of, um, you know, to her point, like, um you know, jealousy, you know, Tyrion has all of that jealousy towards Jamie. That's just, you know, like as much as he loves Jamie, he's very jealous of him. And that's like something he's probably not actually jealous of is that he's with Cersei, but it's added to like, 
having Cersei's love, where Tyrion doesn't have that at all. And Tyrion obviously, you know, could have used a sister's love. My God, like, absolutely. Like, you feel like his only, like, maternal, the only maternal love he had ever was probably whatever he got from Jenna, who would have, you know, had, like, four kids of her own and stuff. So it feels like, you know, absolutely there's this, like, twisted love triangle between them. Although I feel like Jamie's like, the character that loves, you know, Jamie's like, they... Tyrion and Cersei both love Jamie more than they love each other, and Jamie loves Tyrion and Cersei equally. So it's actually kind of an interesting, you know, setup as a good triangle, I think. Or do we, who do you think? Do you think that Jamie loves Tyrion more or Cersei more? Cersei. Sam. Oh, I, think I mean, I Tyrion. guess maybe I think he likes Tyrion because he chooses Tyrion. I think he likes like, he Tyrion to more. But like, I think he loves Cersei yeah. more. Like, you don't have to like somebody to I don't know I I just think, I think it's, it's either equal yeah it's just it's just I don't know but yeah, yeah I think that's like a brilliant way to read to like reconceive of that original outline triangle what about this piece around um potentially Brienne being used against Jamie by Tyrion um like just speculatively I just I I can't see Tyrion ever wrapping his mind around Brienne being somebody that Jamie could be in love with as like the the device to get revenge. Yeah, I just feel like Tyrion is so you know, he, we have that whole crippled bastards and broken things and you know, Brienne's none of those. So even like the sympathy that Tyrion might pretend that he could have, I feel like he would see her more as like a penny and mm-hmm. be like, I don't think that he could ever respect or see Brienne yeah. in the way that Jamie does because he's not wired to, to think that way about people. I as could I- ironic as it is. Yeah. I agree with you. Like of anything, I could see him maybe doing something to Cersei and then being like, ha, there you go, brother. And then Jamie being like, shrug. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, I yeah, just, yeah. That's I exactly what I could see. Plot twist. Which, yeah. thank God. I mean, I mean, part of me thinks that, yes, you know, Jamie, what Jamie did with Tisha was horrible. And, you know, and then Tyrion killed Tywin. And so in some ways, like, they're even. And, like, they're even with each other. Hmm. Um, I don't, you know... There's, you know, the last thing that George wrote about them was that um, that one battle fantasy thing, where he had Jane, or he had Tyrion helping Jamie win, but then, you know, like kind of cackling at the end, like I'm the only one allowed to kill you. So like it was that mm-hmm. same like duality of like the love between them, with that oh, is you know Tyrion, you know Tyrion still out for revenge, or is Jamie still out for revenge? Like there's that tension, but they fall into like their sibling love so quickly. So uh, who knows? Like, obviously it's never going to be written, but who knows like where we go. George Hmm. probably doesn't know. I mean, it's probably something he literally doesn't know. So if you're listening, (laughs) please have them fall into sibling, like camaraderie again. Yeah. Okay. So request has been made. I'm sure George is on it. Uh, I think that was it for all our messages. Yes, Devin? 
Yes. Alrighty. Okay, so if you'd like to send us some mail, you can at close the door and at gmail.com, close the door and come here.tumblr.com. You can follow us on Twitter at door podcast. Uh, we're pretty active on Reddit if you want to check us out there. And uh, consider supporting this podcast on Patreon. Uh, wherever you listen, please like, review, subscribe, all those good things. Um, I, that'll bring us to the end of this episode. I'm going to close the door. Get out. <laughs>